All right, we're going to be quick. I'm going to try to be quick this morning. You know, what's important, I think, I think what's important is that we um, allow the Spirit of God to move in us, that we uh, acknowledge the presence of the Lord. Um, I feel like that there was power. I feel like people are being ministered to. And I really kind of had, as uh, uh, Brandon Gross was sharing in Sunday school this morning, kind of gave me a different approach of what we're doing here. And it's really, Jesus came to serve us. So that spirit that's in us is, is there for us to serve others, to serve the world as well as to serve the church. And that prayer time was, was Jesus's time to be able to serve you. That, that, and that's a time that we get for the spirit of God to move in us to serve you. And as Pastor Justin was speaking and Brandon about what's going on here at the Church on the Hill, you need to get involved so that you can start serving. So that what God has done in you can start to be applied. And he said, you want to be the greatest of all, be the lowest servant of all. And if you're not serving, we're missing what it is that we're called to be as disciples of Christ. Somebody say amen. I'm not trying to get you to sign up for anything. I'm trying to get you under the covering of Christ. Following Christ, that's really what the point is, is Jesus died on the cross for us so that we would follow him and be able to receive everything that he has. But church has become everything except that. We just kind of come in here and have a good time and get entertained and then fuss about the things we don't like and then go home. Can anybody say amen? It's not what God did. God God came to, to give power to his church. He's coming back for his church. The church is his bride. So um, just want to encourage you, get, a, get to be a part, get to be a part. We're talking about running out of gas. I had some fun last week talking about why you run out of gas. I'm just going to give you some reasons why the parallel between running out of gas physically in your car parallels to running out of gas um, in our own lives, emotionally, spiritually, um, relationally. Uh, we saw last week, number one, starting out without a full tank. Something that really messes me up is when somebody, someone puts gas in my tank and doesn't fill it up. Because then you can't reset the little button and you can't know where you should run out. I, y'all notice, just with me shutting the thing off behind us so that clicking doesn't happen, I am very OCD. I like things a certain way and fill my tank up. Anybody that way? I'm, I'm alone. It's all right. I don't care. Um, number two, busy, being too busy. We get too busy to stop and get gas. Can anybody give a testimony to that? Unaware of leaks. Anybody here ever had a leak? So we just found out this week, we've had all this trouble with our basement. We have replaced pipes. We have copper pipes, house built in the 90s. We've tore down a uh, drywall, I think three or four times, repaired put back, repaired, put back, repaired, put back. It's been so fun. Only to find out that there is a foundation leak under our bathtub in our basement. Praise God we found it. I mean, that could have just continued on. As bad as it is going to be to fix, praise God we found it. You have leaks some you're aware of, some you're not aware of. And you can't stay full. Things are leaking out. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's some type of vice. Maybe it's things you're watching. I, you know, I, 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 I'm not here to be your judge. Church, that's not why the church is here. 
God's the righteous judge. However, it says if you'll judge yourself, you won't be judged. The problem is we don't do that part. We judge everyone else and not ourselves. So, being aware of hidden leaks. Number four, ignoring the owner's manual. You remember the owner's manual, the Bible? We've got instruction of how to walk out life and how to be full, not empty. And I told you last week that no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you get spiritual, you're never going to have a larger gas tank than what you were created to have. What I mean is, my, I told you all about this Toyota Forerunner uh, that I've got. I think it holds 23 gallons of gas. No matter how much I pray, it's not ever going to hold 30 gallons. It's only going to hold 23. And I can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, but it's not going to be more. God has created you a certain way on purpose, and we continue to push that limit and think that we can do more than what God has called us to do. For instance, God gave us instruction to take a day off. Somebody say amen. Don't answer this. How many don't? You wonder why you're burning, you can't get things done. You're wondering, why, you're wondering why you're worn out all the time. God gave us a day. It's called the Sabbath day for rest. Uh, I've told y'all many, many times I, I run, and one of the worst things I can do is run too much. Sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Who's going to run too much? But we can do things too much. My body will start aching. I can't recover. I can't recover quick enough. And I start to realize I need a day to rest. And how much good happens when I genuinely rest? Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, the church works different kind of hours. And I do something with a, a small business that, that uh, I own and, and partner with. And I, if I'm not careful, I will fill my Sabbath day with busy work with another job. I mean, it's what we're about to do today is head straight over there and start doing statements. It's the end of the month and we got to get statements out because we got to get the money back in. Amen? Anybody with me? So I've got to really watch hard that I get my day of rest. If not, I will run empty. And when I run empty, I am no good to my family. I'm no good to my church. I'm no good at my job. I'm no good to my wife. And God's, God gave us a structure on purpose for us, for our benefit, not to hurt you. I think if you went and looked at the math of um, fast food restaurants on the ones that are open Sundays and Chick-fil-A that isn't, Chick-fil-A gets enough on those six days to make up for that seventh day. And all their people get a day off. Imagine that. God can, God can take care of six in, can take care of all your seven in six days. You say, no, you don't know my schedule. God does. He had you in mind when he did that. Have you ever heard the expression, if you're burning can the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. All right. Seventh day, take a day off. Number five, you're in a hurry. Did you know that faster makes you less fuel efficient? 
Does anybody remember the old commercial from the 80s where they would run that car around the track, one doing, 60, one doing 65 or 70, one doing 55, and the 55 one could go way farther than the 65 or 70? You know what always bothered me? Is those cars were running next to each other. Thank you. But I'm like, that doesn't make sense. One car should just be way out. Anyway, doesn't matter. But 55 went farther than 70. That's going to minister to somebody. (laughs) I'm not judging you on how fast you drive. I did that last week to Jen and Cody. Yeah. We'll just leave that one there. Yeah. That's what they get for leaving. Oh, let me backtrack. Gloria Anderson is in the hospital with a heart attack. You guys, please be praying for her. Um, Gloria, if y'all don't know, is our custodian, been here since Moses, and uh, she's been here longer than me, and I've been here a long time. Um, also, Elizabeth is, uh, uh, sorry, she's not here today. She's doing uh, Gatlinburg volleyball, and her dad is on the way to the ER today, so I just want to ask you guys to be praying for him. He has um, pancreatic cancer, uh, so I don't know what's going on. I got that text this morning, too, so please be praying. But the faster you go, the, the less efficient you are, the worse you are. The moment I start getting in a hurry is the moment I cut, I cut corners and I miss something. When you're driving 80 miles an hour, I'm going to give another running reference. When you're going 80 miles an hour, how many of you know you don't see much of what's going on? And when you slow down a little bit, you start to notice the scenery. And if you start running you'll really notice homes you've never seen. You'll notice the conditions of people's yards. You'll notice dogs. Uh, and if you'll start walking, you'll really get a good gri- a grip of what's going on around you. And there's so much health in your life when you can slow down a little bit and acknowledge and, t- and take into account what's happening. You're going so fast that you can't see God moving and blessing you. You can't see the off-ramp when it's time to get off. You've blown right by it until your GPS has told you, you can't get there from here. GPSs should say that. They shouldn't be so nice and say rerouting. They should say, hey, you can't get there from here. Turn around. Amen. You're going too fast. Number six, you get distracted and you're not watching your gauges. Do you know that spiritually God has given us gauges to know when we're getting off? It's all throughout Scripture. It talks, it's what Brandon talked about today. It's about self-control, and it's, it's about anger, and it's about um, being unhealthy and your heart being unhealthy and unforgiveness and how to, when, when you get in a hole, look at Scripture because it will give you the gauges and the, the way to, me, the measuring stick to know, hey, this is what I'm going through, and this is the way to get out. It's why we need the church body, because if you will slow down just enough to be able to share what's going on, that gauge, that, uh, that uh, dashboard gauge will come out through the body. All I've got to do, uh, Rita had called this, this last week, just covered up with, with, her, with her day, and the, her, her instructor wanted to change something, but she had prepared and had all these other things going on and was freaking out. She called me and was just freaking out. And I'm like, wait, we can handle this. Talk to your professor. He will hear you. 
He will hear you and he will make this work. He just made it all work for everyone else and it's just messed you up. Tell him what you do. Okay. Okay. The world is not coming to an end. Okay. Called him, worked it out, let her do what she needed to do, had it behind her. Everyone else had to take the test after she was done. But she needed that measuring stick. That's why we're here. That's why we get in small groups. We're talking about small groups. We're having a small group meeting today. We're starting new small groups all over so that you can be ministered to, so that you can have an avenue of being able to get connected and to find out how awesome you are. Small groups are not here to try to make you feel bad and feel like you're no good and like all I needed to do is just come to church so that everybody can tell me how bad I am. No! That's not why we're here. We're here to help each other through the things we're going through. I need help. There was such an awesome thing that we prayed for this morning because here I am down here praying and here comes Mark Davis. I'm sorry, Mark, I'm going to share, but that's just, that's, just, that's just the way it is. Mark said, I need prayer for my back. I said, I need prayer for my back. I won't ever ask for prayer for my back. I won't ever ask for prayer for my back. Let's pray for each other. I, I sometimes put myself in a position where I can't ask. And that's wrong. Or I think I can't. I think I've got to be bigger than that. I can't be somebody that's got a problem. You know what? You know who's doing that? Satan. He is trying to cut me off from God and doing it in a way that looks like it is God. That's not God. God doesn't want me to have back pain. I hurt my back when I was 18, 19 years old lifting lawnmowers. And I've had uh, x-rays and all kinds of stuff. And I don't want surgery. And they don't want to give me surgery. So we're in agreement. But it hurts. So what do we do? We prayed for each other. And either we're believing God for healing or we're playing some dumb religious game. I'm believing for healing. In Mark, in me, and those that we prayed for this morning. But I get distracted. I get distracted. And I end up in a ditch. And these gauges that, that God gives us through His Holy Spirit and through His body and through His Word. You know what? We hear these great words and then we do not react to, to what, the, what they're saying. You'll get a good word at church. You'll get a good word from somebody, but you do not take that and do it. It says, it talks about good ground and, and rocky ground and, and grounds with weeds where you hear the word and immediately it's snatched away. Do you guys know the scripture from Matthew where it talks about good soil? We can hear a good word. We can be in here and be encouraged and raise our hands and shout and hoop and holler. But the moment we leave and hell shows up, we forget it all. And we go back and do our own thing. And we wonder why we wound up where we are. Or we blame God for winding up there. And God's like, don't blame me. I told you what to do. I paid every price for what you've done. There are people around you to give you wisdom. God says, all you've got to do is ask for wisdom and I'll give it. Does anyone ask for wisdom? And when you hear it, do you do it? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Church, be doers. Be 
doers. God has given us these gauges. Number seven, let me try to wrap this up. Being overloaded, the more I carry. How many of you know that if you put a trailer behind your car and it's full, you're going to get worse gas mileage? You are the same way. When you are overloaded, your efficiency, your ability to to finish is going to be diminished. How much are are you carrying? The, The Word of God, Jesus tells us that His yoke... Take his yoke. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Kind of want to reverse that. What is he saying about yours? Your yoke is hard and it's heavy. Get that off. Jesus would say, I paid for that. Get that off and put mine on. Mine is easy. My burden is light. It doesn't mean we're not going to have to still carry the stuff that we're carrying. No, but he's going to carry it with us. We're going to get yoked with Christ. Not only is he going to help us carry it, he's going to help us get rid of what's on our trailer. All that garbage. How many of you know that if you were to go take an account of what's inside your home, probably more than half of it is garbage? Ooh, that hurt. There is so much stuff in my home that I don't even look at or think about for years. But how many of you know the second you throw it away, you need it tomorrow? I don't think so. I think I wouldn't have needed it if I hadn't have seen it. I've got so much storage that we just need to have a U-Haul come up and get rid of it. I was, Cody was, I was hearing about Cody, how you do a cleaning about, you do a, what did you call it? a decluttering weekly. Not me. I do a cluttering weekly. I I get a new computer. I keep the box for years because that packaging I might need. All the paperwork, nobody needs that. You've already pulled all the cords out and anything that's worth anything and you've got 50 of those. Literally, I have my box from my 2011 Mac that just died, but I still have the box. You're overloaded. How many of you are carrying emotional baggage that needs to be discarded, needs to be purged? Can't even remember why you're mad at the person. Half the time when I do remember why I'm mad at them, it's stupid. But the things that aren't stupid are the things that you really want to hang on to. Those are the things you need to let go. We just prayed this morning, and part of that prayer, part of that prayer of faith is to be forgiven. Well, I want you to know a connection to forgiven is your forgiveness. If you're not forgiving, you're not getting forgiven. That's a hard word, but I'm sorry. That's God's word. You need to get, you need to forgive. You're carrying around this emotional baggage that needs to go. Number eight, pressure. Pressure to do it now. Rapid acceleration, waste gas. You ever seen the guy at the red light that's boom, boom? Right there, want a couple gallons of gas. It was cool. You sound cool, yeah. I'll have to be in my Prius. Uh, my muscle car. 
It happens in life. You get pressure on you. Um, Rita had a friend that uh, they were taking tests, tests at tech that had to be done by midnight. And of course, waiting to the last minute to get it done. And me being the person that I am, I'm shouting out, you have three minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> Shut up. Three minutes and 20 seconds. Shut up. Ten, nine. One of the biggest ones that we deal with is pride, thinking that these limits don't apply to me. The limits of my vehicle, the limits of my tank don't apply to me. Somehow you think you're Superman. I can do it. I can handle it. And you think that none of the laws of nature, none of the laws of God, none of the ways God has wired us with your bodies and your minds and your emotions really apply to you. And it's arrogance and it's, it's your ego. And it will cause your tank to go completely empty. Nothing will drain you faster than arrogance and ego and pride. God gives grace to the humble. And he lowers the prideful. God does that. Humility will lift you up. Asking for help. And then finally, no margin. You've got no wiggle room. You don't have any time. You can't make enough time. You knew you were low on gas, but you left early. You didn't leave early enough for that appointment. You rush out the door and your tank's empty. I can tell you right now, my tank, I think I have 50 miles left on my tank. I told y'all I don't know my car well enough, so I'm already, I'm like, this is great. If something comes up, I'm in trouble. But it doesn't apply to me. I'll be fine. Right? I, I do that emotionally. I do that spiritually. I won't be in the Word. I won't be healthy in my relationships. I won't spend quality time with my wife. My wife's uh, love language is quality time. Mine isn't. So that really leads to a chasm in our relationship that if I am not trying to, trying to overcome that, how many here just have self-control just naturally? Yeah, I believe you. Um, it does not come natural to me to spend quality time. But if I don't, and that tank runs empty, I'm in trouble. No margin. You need to be looking at, you remember from two weeks ago, we talked about weeds. What are the weeds that are in your life? What are my loads and what are my limits? Do you know your spouse will tell you? You won't listen, but your spouse will tell you. Ask your spouse, what, what do you feel like my loads and my limits are? When do I, when do I kind of go over the top? You know what? My wife will tell me. She'll know exactly. I can tell you. I don't want to ask her because I know what she'll tell me. Why? Because I know what they are. I just ignore them and then expect my life to suck it up, my, my family to suck it up and get through it. There's the margin between my load and my limits, having breathing room, not cramming every moment, creating some reserve, 
physically, emotionally, financially with my time. Making space and time to refuel. Slowing down so that I don't waste energy. Starting my day off right with a full tank. Having time with God. Learning contentment, contentment and knowing my relationships. Knowing my limits. Knowing how much relationships matter. Worrying less and trusting God. Worrying less. If your problem is worry, it is a lack of trust. Pastor, I'm a worrier. Thank you for saying that. Hey, my name's Paul, and I'm a worrier. Hi, hi. When I get around people and start sharing my worry, if I get around Christians, disciples, people that are passionate about Christ and full of the Holy Spirit, they're going to start defeating that worry. When my daughter called me worried, what did I do? I defeated the worry. That worry left. By the time we were off the phone and the problem hadn't even been fixed yet, her worry level, I think, had dropped. I could tell by her voice. How many of you know you can just tell by the gauge of your voice? You know you got a gauge? Part of it's your voice. It's also your expressions. Anybody snarl? That's a gauge. Harold, I know you snarl. I snarled after Tennessee this week. Doggone it. I I think I'm the curse of Tennessee. Every time I talk about them, they lost or they look like they were going to lose. No way meaning that, please. Y'all didn't get that. Okay. Fill the tank. Y'all stand up with me. Fill the tank. If y'all just bow your heads, I want want to revert back to the altar call time and just be praying that we really grasp what it is that God wants to do here in this church. That we accept that he has given us all authority and that we start to operate in that authority. That he has called us, that he has saved us, that he has forgiven us, and that he has equipped us with power. That Christ in me, Christ is in me. Christ is in you. Christ is in this church. Ready to perform to his fullest ability in you, through you, for you, and for this world. Because he loved the world so much that he gave his son that whomever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. He gave everything for us. You're here today and you don't know Christ. Ask him right now. Jesus, forgive me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. Save me. Help me to get involved in a church where I can be discipled and learn your word. Hear your spirit. Be connected to your body. God, I desire an abundant life, not a life of running empty falling short, unfulfilled, but a life where I know that I have a purpose and that you, have, you God, have a plan for me, a plan to prosper me. Did you know that? It says in his word, he has plans for you that are good. Father God, help us to get involved and to get a part of your body 
rooted in your word and rooted in love. God, bless us this week. I ask for breakthrough in jobs and in opportunity. God, for great uh, uh, medical results, I just pray for Gene right now and for Gloria and for those that we've been praying for this week. God, you're a healer. Your word says you came to heal all the sick. Let us be a vessel that you can work through. Let that power work through us. Thank you, Lord. Just bless us. Give us a great week. In Jesus' name, amen.